0: Greetings and welcome to Dairyland Talk, your one-stop shop for everything Wisconsin sports. Brought to you by DairylandExpress.com. My name is Mike Wetland. Joining me today is is going to be Sam Brom, And today we got Milwaukee Brewers baseball talk for you guys. And so Sam, we'll get started. How are you doing? And what are your thoughts for the Brewers' season in 2018?
1: I think it was a great season. We just surprised everyone, mostly Cubs fans. They didn't expect us to make a big push, but we did, and we won the division. Unbelievable to watch.
0: No, you're absolutely right. And first of all, immediately shots are fired toward the Cubs. Very, just a few seconds into our very first Dairyland talk on the Brewers. But I agree with you, it was an exceptional year, the rebuild went much quicker than everyone thought, the coaching staff, the front office, and the players all did an exceptional job this year, and you're right, division champions for the first time since 2011, within one game of getting to the World Series, and the future is absolutely as bright as can be for for the Brewers for the first time, probably since
1: 1982. Yeah, well, you have 2011 too, but like 1982 was unbelievable, and just the energy for 20, the 2018 team, just the camaraderie and how everything turned out, just seeing them have fun and just playing well and seeing all the acquisitions that came in, working out as planned. well, most of them. It just turned out to be an unbelievable season.
0: No, you're absolutely right. I couldn't put it better myself. It was a season of dreams. It was by far the most fun I've ever had as a fan really of any sport, whether it was football, basketball, baseball, hockey. I had more fun watching and following the Brewers this year than ever before, and a lot of it goes to David Stearns for getting us amped up, getting the right player acquisitions in place, even one that didn't work out but I'm still confident in. I think that this season has given us so much hope and so much to be excited for for 2019, 2020, and all the way down for as long as David Stearns is the GM of the Milwaukee Brewers.
1: Oh, yeah. David Stearns has made some crazy moves, surprising moves, but everything ended up turning out well from getting Moustakas moving Shaw to second and just making the big push in the offseason and getting Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain.
0: And you're right. So you're absolutely right. Let's go into that. Probably the most important day in Brewer history may have been January 25th of this year. That was a day that within a span of about two hours, the Brewers signed Lorenzo Cain to the biggest free agent contract in team history. And then they brought in Christian Yelich via trade, giving up Three of their top ten prospects, as well as a very promising pitcher in Jordan Yamamoto. But I don't think any single person will be complaining about that move looking back on it now. Either one of them, both guys, were exactly what this team needed.
1: Oh, yeah. Christian Yelich, people were saying he was like just an average hitter, but he went above and beyond expectations, almost getting the triple crown. It was, was pretty close, and um, just adding power, defense, speed, and just helping out. The- Helping the team in so many different ways, and most likely will win the MVP come this week.
0: Yeah, he's he's got to be the odds-on favorite for the MVP. But after seeing both Kane and Yelich get snubbed for Gold Gloves, I'm not going to put anything past it till it's announced.
1: Yeah, that was I don't know I don't understand how Lorenzo Cain did. He had the most defensive run saves in the league, tied with Mookie Betts, who's most likely going to be the MVP in the AL. And it's, it was just a huge snob.
0: That I'll agree with you there. But also up for the awards, obviously Craig Council's up for manager of the year. We'll see. He's battling with Bud Black and Brian Snicker for that. Snicker's probably the favorite, but I wouldn't be surprised if the guy we know as Double C gets it for the Brewers. David Stearns was the runner-up for executive of the year, the highest-ranked NL NO executive. Only one ahead of them that won the award was Billy Bean in Oakland. So it showed that from the front office to the clubhouse, everyone showed up and everyone showed out and even seeing guys like Travis Shaw get a Gold Glove nomination, Manny Pena get a nomination. And it's just, is the season for, for dreams that everyone overachieved, maybe to an extent, but so much talent also showed up when you look at the breakouts of Jesus Aguilar, Orlando Arcea, the second half of the season when he came back up from the minors, and guys like Ryan Braun having a it's down year statistically, but up year as far as analytics, and his defense was always pretty solid. And like you said, Travis Shaw bouncing around, showing good defense at second base as well, so everything kind of came together really well and they still had enough inconsistency that it should be even better next year
1: oh yeah most importantly jonathan scope that pickup it didn't turn out well now in the 2018 season but going into 2019 i think fans should be excited about what he's gonna do because fans i've been just just they weren't very happy with what he was doing just striking out and just soft grounders but He'll make a big impact. The power is still there.
0: I agree. I think if they do bring him back, because there's still talk of a potential non-tender because of the possible $10 million price tag, I think he's going to have a big year. I followed him throughout his minor league career and is up to his time in Baltimore. I do think he's a very underrated player and always has been. And just kind of even building off that, I think if they bring him back, give him a chance... I think he's going to have a monster year. He is one of the best in baseball at turning a double play. He's a very good defender with a big arm. He's shown he can play shortstop adequately as well, so that could always help this team out uh, for the future. And I think when it comes to the struggles he had this year, he was a guy where – and he admitted that he pressed very early on in his tenure, and I know as a guy who still plays baseball, once you start pressing, you get out of your rhythm, get your mechanics off, even by just uh, six inches with your your, uh, stride or with your – dropping your hands – it takes a long time to kind of recover from that and build your way back up. So hopefully he gets an off-season, much like Corey Knebel got a couple weeks in the middle of this year. Take a mental break, get away, come back in spring, and really show up and show how good you can possibly be.
1: Yeah, for sure. He He's more comfortable with this team now. He he was having an off-season se- off in the first place with uh, I think it was a groin injury or hamstring injury. Then he came back, was still a little rough. But then going into that that week where he got traded, he was hot, and then he gets traded, and it kind of was difficult. It was his first time being traded, and he was with a team like Baltimore as well. But going into the next season, big things are going to come, and I think it will just be another power bat in the lineup, put him in like the fifth or sixth hole, and it will give you good defense.
0: No, I agree. I look very much back on uh, the Wilmer Flores scenario that happened when he almost got traded to the Brewers. You have a guy coming from Latin America – With a franchise for as long as Scope was, both in the minors and up to the majors, it's just just a shock to your system when you get traded. Even like Moose had a little bit of a shock when he got moved as well. So I do think, yeah, a bounce-back season is in store, and I do think we'll see some building off bounce-back seasons as well from guys like Domingo Santana. For the numbers, for Ryan Braun, Orlando Arcia, I think Shaw's average will come back up, and even guys like Manny Pena will bounce back offensively as well. So I think... For as great of a year it was, there's a lot of bounce back possibilities for this team going forward.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of potential going into it. There are a lot of things like with Manny Pena going up and down with injuries, Domingo Santana who didn't put up the power numbers that he did in 2017, he only had about around like 15 home runs, and just there are a lot of guys that just had down years, but they still pulled off 96 wins and the division win. So big things are going to happen in 2019.
0: No, I agree. And then and a lot of that's going to go back. So let's talk about the strength of this team, which was obviously the bullpen. Josh Hader obviously won the Trevor Hoffman Award for best National League reliever. Corey Knabel had a absolutely dominant last two months of the season and postseason. And even Jeremy Jeffers, as the third of that big three struggled in the playoffs, but he was so good in the regular season that it's really going to help him out, I think, going forward.
1: Yeah, everything turned out well. Hader was just That go-to guy, fans were a little mad that like he couldn't pitch every day. But just with his three-quarter arm slot and throwing that hard, he needed those days off. But when he had those those days off, he made such a huge impact throwing two innings, striking out just about everyone with that slider and that high fastball coming in at 97-98. And it looks like it's coming in at 110.
0: No, that's the good way to put it. It looks so much faster than it actually is, and that goes to guys in the starting rotation, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But other guys in the bullpen who I thought kind of underrated had good years. I did like what Dan Jennings brought. He was a good, solid inning eater guy. He was a workhorse. He was durable, and he didn't make too many mistakes. Uh, As much as he is easily maligned and may not be back next year, the first two months we had of Matt Albers was really good. Then his injuries hit in, and he was an absolute disaster from there. But if we can get the first two months of him, that could be another big boost to the sixth, seventh-inning role.
1: Yeah, he just like when he did in, uh, in Washington, he pitched very well. And then going into Milwaukee, he kept that going. And then just everything just started going downhill. I don't know really what happened. But hopefully this offseason he can keep working and go back to his 2017, early 2018 self. And he'll be a big middle-inning guy, maybe give you a few innings. For the 2019 season. And
0: then other guys they brought up. Uh, guys are going to probably be moving to the starting rotation. Obviously, Brandon Woodruff will probably move up. Corbin Burns will be moving up to starting. That's already been confirmed. Freddy Peralta is going to have a chance to start next year. Those guys are all great. But one last guy to talk about who moved the opposite way and will probably stay there is Junior Guerra. Uh, Guerra has been uh, always been a strong uh, first half of the season guy as a starting pitcher. but Then he would start to fade. And he was pretty good in the playoffs as well, so I think he's a guy who could be a good spot for a that fifth, sixth inning bullpen guy, come in, throw two innings, throw hard, throw that splitter as much as you will possibly want, and become kind of that bridge between the starters and then the hater-Jeffers-Knebel trio.
1: Yeah, that could be something special going into next season. He can play that Woodruff role that he did at the end of the season, just having multiple innings, just coming out of the bullpen, and just throwing hard and that's what they need throwing hard having that splitter working like what you said and having all of his off-speed pitches coming out of the bullpen could be something special
0: i think yeah you're i I can put it any better and then so he moved now toward the starting rotation no jimmy nelson this year which hurt which makes me even more excited for next year because he appears to be full go now he looks to be fully healthy i watched some videos of the bullpens that he's thrown. He looks like his mechanics are back. He looks to be throwing just as hard as ever and to be in better shape than ever before after his shoulder injury last year. Luckily it was not a injury enough that's gonna affect the way he throws. It was just kind of a fluky thing with the with all the tears he suffered diving back to first base. So I would look for him to probably be the headliner of that rotation next year. Then obviously you got Yuli Shassin coming back. He is uh, he had the best year of his career, was durable and was very, very solid even going to the postseason despite the results we got in Game 7 of uh, the NLCS from him. Then you got Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, maybe a free agent acquisition or a trade candidate. I don't know. We'll see what they look like. But the rotation of this team is looking pretty bright for the future, and they're still young.
1: Yeah, this rotation, it's going to be interesting to see it going into spring training because there are a lot of candidates, over five candidates, and people are going to be fighting for a spot in you know, those like Junior Guerra, see if he ends up in the bullpen and maybe some other guys, like you still have Davies, Chase Anderson, those guys who didn't do the best at the end of the season but like could make a big impact in the rotation and possibly end up going into the bullpen and playing those long relief roles that the Brewers have really liked at the end of the season and throughout the 2018 season.
0: I right, agree. And so, Sam, I'll ask you this. Uh, when's the last time you saw a Brewers pitching rotation that was this deep and this talented and with so many different options potentially for next for a, for a following season.
1: Never. I'm gonna be honest. I've never seen anything like this in Milwaukee. There have always been those like like good guys, but they've been a little streaky. But this team, there they were players, they have players now that can make a big impact, and it's just like it's not that ace, it's just those guys that can make a huge impact like working together as a five-man rotation
0: no i agree and i look the only thing i can think of would have been maybe 2012 when you had Granky, ben sheets and sean markham still around but i'm not completely sure but this this future is so bright in the rotation and the pitching staff in general makes me wonder depending on who they bring in as their new pitching coach to replace derrick johnson that could be something very interesting to see how they develop these young arms and whether a guy like Freddie Peralta may start down in AAA and then come up later because there's so many good options and let him get a little bit more experience throwing professionally before we throw him to the Wolves in a major league setting for a full season.
1: Yeah. A few guys that I think we should look out for that could make a big impact in that pitching coach spot is guys like Juan Nieves, former Brewer, and Chris Basio, who used to coach for the Brewers. There was some situations with Chicago, but I think he could be a big part of that pitching staff, helping them, helping the young players get ready, and get ready for them to get thrown to the Wolves, and hopefully have success going forward.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, and part of me, though, with Juan Nieves makes me nervous, because if he does get hired, you know we're going to hear not stop from Bill Schroeder about Juan Nieves throwing the no-hitter and Schroeder catching it, but... But looking forward, so the pitching staff is in great hands. We know that. The bullpen is in good hands. We know that. Let's move on to the other spots of this team. Let's start with the outfield. We have, obviously, Kane, Yelich and Braun were the starters for almost the entire season. Uh, Semingo Santana became the pinch hitter extraordinaire later in the year. He'll probably be up with the majors full-time next year. And that doesn't include guys like Keon Broxton, who is out there. So Eric Fames can play the corners to a average to below average level defensively. And then also Aaron Perez can play in the outfield. We have uh, guys. If they want to bring back a guy like Curtis Granderson, that's an option as well. They just added Tyrone Taylor to the Forty Nine roster. There's some options here, and I won't be surprised to see a couple of those guys get moved for for maybe some bullpen help or some help to replenish the farm system, specifically Broxton and Fames.
1: Yeah, there's so much depth in there. You. As we know, Stearns loves his depth, but there are a lot of guys, a lot of trade chips they can use that, like, we've talked about Keon getting traded, but he ended up staying with the team, and this could be the year that he goes. But throughout the outfield, this is honestly one of the best outfields in the NL and possibly in the MLB with, with uh, Lokane, batting 300, snubbed for the gold glove, of course, and you got the hopeful MVP in Christian Yelich, and you got Domingo Santana, who has who has great power to both sides of the field, and you got Ryan Braun, who's the veteran that helps in the clubhouse and can give you those 20 home runs and play good defense.
0: I agree, and and looking back toward Keon, because I think there's a good chance he does get moved for to a team that's very needy for some very good defensive center field play. Let's take a look back. How great was that trade with Pittsburgh to get? You got Keon Broxton and Trey Supak, who is a very uh, talented prospect currently. I think he's in double A. For Jason Rogers, who barely played in Pittsburgh and I think is now an independent ball. So I think that that, that move back was one of the best moves that Doug Melvin made in his final years.
1: Yeah, that was an underrated move that no one really talks about. Mostly because, yes, you have Keon, who has made some unbelievable plays and has great pop and maybe change of scenery can help him. But also Trey Supak, who has a lot of potential and could be a, a top of the rotation guy soon once he gets through the minors.
0: You're right here. reminds me a lot of Jimmy Nelson, just this the frame he has and the way he he has played his, his ball kind of hops as it gets toward the plate. It's a very, another good pitching prospect to have currently moving through the system and in that loaded Biloxi Shuckers double A squad. But as we slide our way now toward the infield, Mike Mousakis opted out. He is a free agent. Uh, he's still seen as one of the guys, the The Brewers are still, I think, seen as the favorite to bring him back, which would be an interesting move to see him coming back. I think he fit in well. He was a good guy to have there. That would move Travis Shaw around to second base, maybe some first base as well. Obviously, Jesus Aguilar had his big-time breakout last season, despite fading a little bit in the second half. But I think a lot of that was just fatigue. RCA with a big uh, second half of the year, and he's still that ridiculously good defensive shortstop. We talked about Scope already. We also have guys like Saladino, Aaron Perez around. Just this infield, there's still there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of versatility among these guys, which I think will bode well for keeping guys fresh next year over the course of a long 162 game season.
1: Personally, I think that they should keep it how it is. As much as Mustakis had a huge impact. I think that it should stay Shaw, Arcia, Scope, and Aguilar. And if Scope keeps going that way, like, just that 2018 self, add protection for that. But this infield is going to be really good going into 2019.
0: I agree. I think the one thought I would have had with thinking about bringing back Moussakis is the fact that he is a leader. He's a good clubhouse guy. And that way, if I were to bring him back, if I were to GM, and thankfully I'm not... I'm still too young, even younger than David Stearns is right now. I would have, if I if they bring him back, I would like to see them move around and give one of those four other guys a day off every day. So if you need Moose to get a day off, Shaw goes to third. If you need Aguilar a day off, Shaw can go to first. If Sculpt needs a day off, Shaw goes second. Shaw can be kind of that chess piece where he's playing four out of every five days, but it's still... And then he can pitch hit that other day, so it still gives him uh, plenty of playing time, but he can move around, he' that versatility, and keeps all those other guys getting regular at-bats as well. So that's one option they have. And then you have Aaron Perez, the Swiss Army Knife, who can come in late game for defense. But I think that's an option, but it all is going to depend on payroll and how much of a contract Moustakis wants because we saw what happened last year with him where the free agent market just didn't go his way. He had to sign late back with Kansas City. And I think a lot of fans probably want him back just to kind of justify giving up Brett Phillips, who who became a very quick fan favorite and is still a fan favorite in Milwaukee.
1: Yeah, Moose, he just that what he did for the clubhouse was unbelievable. And just he became a fan favorite right out of the gate, right when he touched the field at Miller Park. Moose was going all throughout the ballpark. And just with Stearns, He's the type of guy who's like it's either his price or it's like he doesn't want to go like take that risk of going like above what he thinks he needs to give up when it comes to money or players.
0: I I agree, and that's one thing. I think Moose could be a buyer-beware guy because we saw what happened with Eric Hosmer leaving and how he struggled in San Diego. So I think a lot of teams might be scared of Moose that way which could lead him back into Milwaukee for the foreseeable future. We'll see how that goes. Still a lot of time left. We still have to see who gets tendered, not tendered, who we move on from or not. But there's so many other options in this infield as well. Even back in the minor leagues, we got uh, Mauricio Dubon, looks to be fully healthy. He should be good to go in spring training. Be nice to see him up probably later in the season. Obviously, Keston Hira, who is tearing up in Arizona right now. He has been far and away the best RBI man in that league already. And we, we already know he can hit. Hopefully, if he can play defense, he might be up sooner rather than later as well. And uh, there's still just so many different prospects that can be moved around, move, uh, moving up, moving down. And it's interesting to see. And that even goes forward for the catching position because Manny Pena will probably be back next year. Old man Kratz, I'm not sure. Uh, he was a great find, a great pickup. And he became kind of the mentor for the team and really worked with Yuli Shasin very, very well. But I think at 38, he maybe has seen his best days. His time might be up in Milwaukee. And I'd like to see him brought back as a coach, but maybe not necessarily as a player. I would like to see what Jacob Nottingham can do as a major league player for a full season.
1: Yeah, if Nottingham gets some opportunities, I think he'll take advantage of them. But if things don't like go as planned, you got a lot of guys that they can pick up and trade for. you got JT Ramuto, who may... Made- will most likely take a lot and then you have guys that you can um you can sign like possibly a jonathan Lucroy return i don't see that happening but also you have wilson ramos who can make a big impact who's a great defender and a great hitter
0: yeah i look toward the fever is obviously going to be a real uh, he's been so good for so long he's a very jason kendall-esque player a top of the order hitter who plays good defense behind the plate and that's how i've always seen him that way and if the Brewers can get him for a reasonable price, I'm going to send it to check to Derek Jeter right now because Rio Muto it could, could be a perennial all-star hitting in Miller Park compared to hitting in Marlins Park. He won't be a Yelich type player, but he'd still be a very good pickup. But you look at a guy like Manny Pena. I do want Pena for now to get the lion's share of the starts. His defense is so good and so undervalued with that arm that he has. And I do think his bat bounces back. I think he ends up becoming a very solid player, especially for a guy who was the player to be named in one of the eighty-five trades they made that involved Francisco Rodriguez over the past decade. But I, I I like what Pina can bring.
1: Yeah, Pina is a special player, yes, on defense. Um with offensively, just like the past few years he's been with the team. He's had trouble with injuries, but if you give him if you give him those starts and give him the opportunities to, he'll take advantage of them, and he'll be a great player who can hit all over the field, and has that sneaky pop and give you maybe 15 home runs.
0: No, that's a good spot. And he always, and until this year, he was always pretty clutch. Looking back at his Mother's Day home runs, his Father's Day home runs, in which I was at a couple years ago, I was at that game when he homered run when Jimmy Nelson threw that complete game. I think there's so much good stuff to be there. And you, can, you, got, and listeners, you can tell just by the fact how much we're gushing over all these players how excited we are for Brewer baseball. And there is so much to be excited for as 2018 is just the beginning for the Milwaukee Brewers. Would you agree?
1: Oh, yes. The Brewers, it's going to be so entertaining to see what they do. Just as a team and just the competition that they'll have going into next season with, of course, the Cubs, the Cardinals, and maybe even the Pirates who got hot in the start of the season. They did take that downfall but you never know what they're going to do. They're that team that's like, yeah, they're not going to do good, and then they come in hot. And you also, I, I'm hesitant to say this, but the Reds, taking our pitching coach and taking the Dodgers' hitting coach, they have good players, and they could be kind of sneaky.
0: And I agree, yeah, new staff in Cincinnati could go a long way. Plus, we don't know what the Cubs and Cardinals will do. Uh, the Cubs are currently being linked to guys like Bryce Harper, the Cardinals are being linked to Josh Donaldson pretty heavily, so that could make things a little more interesting in the Central. But right now, the Brewers are the team to beat just by virtue of being the National League's essential champions, getting through to the NLCS. And I know a lot of fans will be clamoring for a World Series berth next year, which is very, very possible. But I still want to temper expectations, because once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. It's like that in any sport, especially in a seven-game series, as we saw this year between the Brewers and Dodgers. But... Looking toward to next year, I cannot wait to see the moves the Brewers make, and I cannot wait for February to get here. It won't it won't be soon enough.
1: Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be a long it's gonna be a long off season, but I'm excited to see what Starnes is gonna do when it comes to free agency, who they're gonna pick up for coaching, and just the special trades he does, and just all the moves that he does. We've heard that um we've heard that he's gonna keep most of the team but there will be some moves coming and I'm excited to see what he's gonna do
0: I agree and so some of those moves we will preview for that for you guys next week we'll take a look at some of the arbitration guys what well, we can look for with that some of some potential non-tender guys trade candidates we'll break down a lot of the moves you can expect that'll be coming next week on the on Land Talk so Sam I'll look to you where can people find you on Twitter what are you writing about and what can people look for for you for the, uh, on, on the writing front
1: They can find me at World of Wisconsin Sports, or they can go to my personal account at sam.brom2, and that's where they can find me.
0: All right, folks, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Wentland, W E N D L A N D T, all one word. You can find me writing on, of course, on Dairyland Express. I'll be writing about everything Wisconsin sports Packers, Brewers, Bucks, Badgers, even some hockey as well, so look for that. And, boys, check in. Consistently here to Dairyland Express and for Dairyland Talk, we'll be bringing you guys new podcasts every week covering all of the major Wisconsin sports. Bucks, Badgers, Brewers, and Packers all coming your way starting from here on out. So for Sam Brown, this is Michael Lynn. We'll sign off. We'll talk to you guys next week with more Brewer Baseball on Dairyland Talk. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.